0: Standard time for open canvas. Don't forget to bring an open mind. Yes, folks, that's right. Bring an open mind to an open canvas. Again, that is Monday nights 10 p.m. Eastern. UFOs, government corruption. This is Revolution Radio. Freedomslips.com. You don't need to expect us. We're already here. This is the people's war. It is our war. We are the fighters. Fight it then. Fight it with all that is in us. Defend the right. Warning! Warning! They're to stop us! They're gonna kill us all! See how the trouble you've started? Be they the government, be they industry, be they organized labor, be they anyone. or you would be. When the operation of the machine becomes so alien, that you're so sick at heart, that you can't take part. You can't even possibly take part. And you want got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels by the leaders, by all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop, and you've got to entertain to the people who run it, to the people who own it, And unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com, the number one listener-supported talk radio station, throwing ourselves upon the gears of the machine. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. You called down the thunder, well, now you've got it. Welcome to Crypt I've Been Thinking. What's this show all about? Well, it's all in the title. He enjoys interviewing people about issues that he finds interesting and which cause him to sit back and think. Cryptocurrency. True crime. Natural law. The occult. No topic is off limits here. He has always enjoyed when people give their points of view or thoughts on different topics that they have researched. And what makes it all great is that it's their unique take on what is being discussed. For that reason alone, it makes it interesting to him. So take that walk down to his crypt. Make yourself comfortable. And just maybe, he will be discussing a topic that you have been thinking about. Here's your host, Crypt Rick.
1: Welcome everybody. You are here another Monday evening, another episode of Crypt Ricks. I've been thinking. Just want to welcome you all to the Crypt for one more show. Hope you guys had a great weekend. I know I did. The weather was great. And I like to give my quick little weather updates every beginning of every show. And today was a wild day uh, weather-wise. It was the amount of, uh, I don't even know how to describe the weather that was going on. I can only describe it as the clouds were so bad and the lightning that, and I have pictures that I did take, and I'm definitely going to have to show them on my YouTube channel, but it was like bumper cars going up in the sky, like white clouds and these great big white clouds and these big dark clouds, and I know it sounds crazy way to describe it, but it's the only way they were like running into each other, and then the lightning would go, and it was, and it was my like that's a good reason. Just to let you guys know that today I did have a guest lined up, and uh, I had to reschedule just because my power right now and my internet is up and down. It's been doing it all day. I've lost power a couple times. My Wi-Fi, my internet, all in general, has been doing some really strange things. So I have just thought I'll put a pre-recorded show on for this evening. Uh, it's a great interview that I do have lined up with somebody that a lot of you already know with Russ Tanner. Uh, we talked about, uh, we covered Mercury, we're talking about geoengineering in this interview. And the funny thing about this interview is that this was the interview that I was scheduled to uh, have on my YouTube channel. And before it even got to play, it was still in the premiere stage. It was just set up to premiere the next day. And within two hours of setting up that premiere, they did uh, yank that video off. Like I didn't even get to premiere, I never got to show it. So I figured this was a great place to actually play this interview i think there's a lot of great information in there that russ and i talk about and i thought what a great place to actually play it and actually get it heard because i was really upset that they wouldn't even let it premiere and it was i've talked to a lot of creators on youtube and that and they've never heard of a premiere getting pulled down definitely after a video gets uploaded or you know even a year later people are getting strikes and their videos are pulled down but never during a premiere so i found that really interesting when that happened to me um So I figured, hey, you know, reschedule my guest just to be safe. I don't want to, you know, in case my Internet goes out. I do apologize, guys, if anything happens and something goes and happens and I lose my Internet. I'm hoping that's going to stay stable for the next couple hours anyways, and then I can play this interview and hope you guys enjoy it. Before I do, I just want to let everyone know I do at the beginning of every show that you guys are what make it happen here at Revolution Radio. It is listener-supported, and that is so important because it's you guys through your donations that are keeping freedom, Alive freedom of speech alive and they are definitely on the attack pulling stuff down as they did this video that I did with Russ Tanner this interview was yanked before it even got played so they are definitely trying to silence people who are talking about important topics and covering topics that other platforms don't want to hear and don't want you to play I should say or have people hear. so what a great thing I think to support when you're supporting freedom and freedom of speech and getting the word out with a lot of great content creators here at revolution radio a lot of great people doing great shows, interviewing great people, and covering a lot of important topics. So, I think that's a great thing to support. You can do it many ways. If you, cryptocurrency is your thing. They got Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum. Also, I so always let people know that if you like Patreon, you can do it that way. Do, uh, pick an amount that you want to donate it comes out uh, every month. And that's also an amazing way to support uh, Revolution Radio and all the that goes on here and don't forget to check out the store lots of great merchandise in there i always like to guide people there there's t-shirts there's coffee mugs out of the mad painters designed for a lot of the host and they're it's amazing so i mean what a great way to show support by getting a cup or a shirt and letting people know about uh revolution radio i think it's just a great cause so to everybody that does donate and who wants to donate we thank you so much here because it does make a difference and it does matter so thank you guys so much uh, but what I'm going to do is I want to try to get this interview going here, which, you know, I'm hoping I get this right. It's kind of an exp- I'm learning this the hard way. Uh, so let me just go ahead here and work this a little bit here and see if I can get this going here for you guys. Can, can you guys in the chat just let me know if this is actually playing? You guys can hear it. Just need your guys' input. So I'm going to start sharing and then hopefully... I can get this working here. So I'm just going to try this out. Let me go. Uh, just let me know, guys, in the chat if you can hear this and it sounds okay. And hopefully this all comes together here. I'm just, just kind of cuted at the beginning of the interview. So, uh, like I said, it's with Russ Tanner. It was done a few months back, actually. And then I had to redo the interview with him. And we had to take out some of the topics that we cover here and be very careful on uh, what we were talking about. So, But this is the original one that was pulled, as I said, while it was premiering. And let's go ahead and play it. This is Russ Tanner. I want to welcome you. First time on my show here, Russ. You're so welcome I'm so happy that you are here taking the time to come and talk to all of us and to educate people on mercury and on geoengineering. I think these are topics that people really uh start better start looking into because I think it's affecting all of us in a lot more ways than people think. Yeah, great to be
2: here. Thanks for having me on. I'm honor, honored to be on your show for the first time. So really look forward to it.
3: Oh
1: yeah, great. I, I mean, I, as I was saying at the intro, that I first started listening to you a couple of day, uh, three, two or three days ago when you were on uh, Bill's channel on Revolution Radio at FreedomSlips.com, and uh, he was and he warned me ahead of time. He's like, you got to check out my guest. Like Russ is so knowledgeable on Mercury and on geoengineering, and that, so I definitely checked it out. And for those two hours, I was definitely captivated i was hooked and then actually horrified at the same time when you started breaking it down so why don't you let people know what got you started into looking into mercury the effects of mercury like where did your story start with this topic
2: well the the, the place where it started for me being aware of it was uh in 1995 i began getting uh sick and having all kinds of uh, various uh, symptoms and uh as time progressed to 2005 uh, or excuse me, as we got closer to 2000. So from 1995 to 2000, I just got sicker and sicker. I didn't know what was going on with me. And by the time, by the time 2000 arrived, I was uh, just having so many problems. I worked four hours a day. I had to nap every morning, having digestive issues, having memory issues. My memory issues were, were horrible, hands and feet uh, tingling, low blood sugar, chronic fatigue. Um, depression i was gaining weight that i couldn't get rid of which wasn't like me i was always very athletic and just couldn't get rid of it uh terrible twitching muscles um a lot of fears like irrational fears i just felt like pending doom all the time just really weird emotions and i'm just like well, this isn't me i'm a very optimistic person so uh that was my introduction because uh finally uh, long story short i had a conversation with a friend of mine who um who notified me after having a conversation with her that I had mercury toxicity for my fillings. And I was like, what are you talking about? She said that she had had chronic fatigue for five years. Went f- to uh, She suspected mercury, and she went from doctor to doctor. And the doc- first doctor tested her blood mercury, which uh, blood tests for mercury are virtually useless because your blood mercury usually goes down, When you're exposed, it goes down very quickly. So she spent five years from doctor to doctor, um, you know, ended up, spending a lot of time in bed, unemployed, couldn't work, and finally came back five years later realizing it really was mercury all along, started having fillings out, started feeling better, and went back to work. And I was like, I didn't even know fillings had mercury. I was just kind of like, what? And I knew. I'm a science-minded guy. I've always loved been into uh, everything from aviation to electronics to physics and stuff. I just kind of eat that stuff up. And uh, so I knew mercury was very toxic. So I did the research. And within within three days, I decided my fillings are coming out. I was able to get an appointment. Three weeks later, had them out, and it it absolutely changed my life. Within
1: really, wow. Yeah. So is, it, is that normal uh, back in the day? Because I remember when I was younger, I get, did get a lot of fillings. And um, is that was that normal back in the day for them? To, was it to put mercury in fillings? Like was that common practice? Yeah, it's been common practice for a long
2: time. In fact, the American Dental Association of Chicago held the original patent for it. Wow. And this is the reason, yeah, people don't know this. Uh, they, according to Dr. Huggins, who's one of the pioneers in this area, he said in a radio show that they were making about $50 million a year on licensing rights for amalgam fillings. Uh, and this is the same ADA that was telling you that no mercury leaches out of fillings. Uh, <laughs> And yet they produced no research to prove this, so um you know that's, in,
1: me, that's incredible yeah like, like and it's always like I say Russ, it's always like follow the money right it al- it always is money when you when you start looking into it, and so they were basically saying so they were they they gave no evidence that the mercury doesn't leak out of your fillings, but obviously, through the research you found out that it does, and um yeah, I've had like I always wondered that about fillings because, and they're not doing that now, right? Like i they they tell me that there's no mercury in fillings anymore.
2: Yeah, if you've got silver-colored fillings in your mouth, they are leaching mercury. The, the um, they still put them in. In fact, in fact, most people who are on some sort of sort of state assistance in the United States mm-hmm. cannot get any other type of filling. They will only approve mercury-based fillings. Wow. Which is, it's not, you know, some people say, oh my gosh, that's insane. I'm like, no, it's not insane at all. It's all by design because by making people sick, once you realize that 200 of the most common diseases today are associated with mercury, this is the research that I came up with over the years because I immediately started researching it and I started connecting it to everything, like diabetes, uh, hypoglycemia, uh, eyesight, you know, nearsightedness, farsightedness, depression, chronic headaches, digestive issues, cancer, leukemia, asthma, um, even things like hair loss and acne. Uh, It goes on and on and on. You start realizing that the pharmaceutical industry is making hundreds of billions of dollars treating and managing these diseases year after year. So to me, it's no mistake at all. This is Machiavellianism, which is a business model that says create a problem and then profit from the solution. So it's not crazy the way I look at it it's it's horrible it's evil right but it's not crazy it's basically a business model for the pharmaceutical industry
1: wow i i i was really hoping you were going to tell me that there's no mercury in fillings anymore like i was like cuz i know that i get fillings now and it's like they're white fillings they're not metal anymore i'm not sure what they are i'm not a dentist but they're like a white filling and i know that i always cuz i knew about mercury fillings a little bit i kind of heard like over the years so i always never wanted to get metal fillings again um what about i remember on the show when you were talking to bill which and it made my ears perk up what about dentures and stuff like that and the reason that i ask you this russ is because my family my mom and dad just recently got dentures and i remember you talking to uh, bill about that on his show and what's going on with dentures because i know a lot of people are probably saying there's no silver and there's no silver fillings in dentures there can't be mercury in that what's the story on them
2: Okay, well, yeah, to 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 respond to what you said about white fillings, white fillings right. don't have mercury in them. They're methylcrylate or they're BISGMAs or they're porcelain, typically. Those are the most common types. So okay. uh, those are a lot better than mercury. None of them are per- perfect. They all have a little bit of toxicity, but the mercury fillings are far, far worse. Now, as far as dentures, I had two people call me close together. And I tell this story because it kind of illustrates what I'm saying. I had two people call me within a couple of weeks of each other and say, hey, because I let people call me, and I just give them free information based on the research that I've learned. But, by the way, I'm not a doctor. I don't cure, treat, cure, okay. or diagnose symptoms, conditions, or diseases. I only share my research based on my own experience and research. So, so a couple of people called me, and the first person called me and said, uh, said. Um, you know, we don't know if this is Mercury or not, but my, you know, we've heard that dementia is related to Mercury and and my mother, she's just falling into dementia, you know, and we don't know what to do and wondered if you could give us any insight. And I said, well, first of all, does she have dentures? And he's like, yeah. And I said, how long ago did she get dentures? Oh, about three months ago. And say, how long ago did uh, the, the dementia kick in? You know, said, well, uh, they were like really shocked, like about probably about the same time, maybe a little... Well, then I revealed to them the red coloring um, in dentures is the red ore, is at least is used in manufacturing, the red ore of cinnabar, which is the red ore of mercury. Um, wow. Right. Uh, cinnabar <laughs> is the red ore of mercury. So that red coloring, and we found that even historically, and some people believe it's still going on. I haven't seen any testing lately, but even some cosmetics that are red or pink, may still have mercury, may still have cinnabar. Um, And even uh, back in the day, they used to put uh, mercurichrome, I believe it was called, on the umbilical cord or use it as a disinfectant. And they were having babies die, and they were having people who use it come down with sudden symptoms. And and this was a red liquidy substance, and it was red because of the the mercury. One thing also to keep in mind is tattoos. Um, Now... The Tattoo artists are moving towards safer inks, right? Um, so you have to know what ink you're getting if you're going to get one. But the red tattoos even, uh, some of the older ones, and they may still be doing it. I don't know. I'm not up to date on uh, what they're using, and you have to check with your particular artist. Right. Um, Some of them contained uh, uh, cinnabar, and so people would get that, and then over a period of years they'd start getting mercury symptoms and they didn't have fillings, they didn't get vaccines, they didn't know what was going on. It's like, well, that cinnabar is leaching over time into your bloodstream and causing mercury problems. Wow, yeah. So that, yeah.
1: Sorry, go ahead. So, go ahead. Yeah,
2: no, so I was just going to say, so that that's how the denture thing goes along is that, uh, then I had another phone call about two weeks later, same, basically the same story. They said, hey, can you give us an insight? Yeah, we started, you know, it was like four or six months earlier. They fell into dementia. they got indentures dentures about the same time. And I'm like, there you go. I mean, that's the most logical explanation right off the cuff. That's what I would look into uh, first. And then you have this situation called sundowning. Now, people who have dentures, uh, uh, who have dementia and dentures may know about this. Is, uh, is this is when an elderly person uh, does better in the morning. They're good in the morning, but as the day goes up and as the sun goes down, they get worse and worse. Their symptoms get worse. Their memory gets worse. They might have anger issues. They'll have bad memory issues. Why? Well, to me, it's very simple. You put your dentures in in the morning. You're exposed to that mercury all day long, so you decline through the day. You take them off at night, and then your body's able to clear it through the
1: night, and so you wake up doing somewhat better so that's uh that's the denture story wow yeah that's i will have to definitely talk to my parents about that because they like i said they just recently got dentures and that's why when you were talking about it on the other show i my my ears perked right up again i was like "Uh uh-oh and that's really disturbing and as you were saying about tattooing which made my ears just perk up again because i am a tattoo artist that's what I do. I that's my thing that I love to do the most. I try to tattoo every day, so I do know at least on my part from the research I did because I'm very very conscious of the the products I use. I I've really studied it, and I know that a lot of the higher grade inks that are out there now, they are definitely trying to go towards a more organic or organic. Um, way of coloring it, so they'll use flowers. Uh, they do still, the cheaper inks, and I do want to warn people, like if you're getting into tattooing, and you should warn people of this too, Russ, if you ever hear about people asking you, is that the cheaper inks from China and places like that are very, very dangerous. They, they're probably loaded with mercury. I wouldn't doubt it at all. Like, they're, they're, You get what you pay for in tattooing, like with your ink. Yeah, and, that's
2: great that you're conscientious about that. I'll right. give you kudos for that. That's fantastic, because I know even like the blue inks, were uh, had cobalt in them some of the green inks had copper you know so it's it's you know very good to be moving towards natural stuff yeah that's
1: what that's yeah for the higher grade inks definitely i've noticed that and it's true they did have a lot of like a lot of some of the inks back in the old days were made with like rust for different colors they were adding like they were adding metals in and and there were toxic metals that they were adding in to get these colors so I do know that the higher brand inks are trying to go towards a more organic, flower-based, uh, where they're using the trying to get out of that. But that's why I'm glad that we t- you brought this up, because I would have never thought of tattooing. So thank you for bringing that up, because you know how popular tattooing is now. It's huge. Yeah. Everybody in the younger generation is getting tattooed. I I know this for a fact. So, and it's good to know that they should check with their artist, definitely make sure that they're using a quality ink, a high-quality ink, and for anybody that is a tattoo artist or thinking to becoming one, stay away from the Chinese inks. Like, make sure you're buying a, a real, ink from a real distributor. And that's all I'm gonna say about that. You guys can do, you know, do your own research. Now, what I want to also ask you, Russ, um, talking about uh, the dentures and stuff like that. Now, you were saying at the beginning that uh, if you want to get tested for this, um, that a blood test isn't the way to go. Is what what's a uh, effective way to get tested? If people are, well, actually, maybe let's kind of back up. Sorry. What are some of the symptoms that people would have if they're having uh, mercury poisoning? Can you lay out like some of the most common symptoms so people can, if they're having these, they'll know, maybe want to get checked out?
2: Absolutely. I mean, the, when you start looking at the list of symptoms, they're kind of like all the diseases that you see it today. And okay. this doesn't surprise me at all because of Machiavellianism. This is the business model that the pharmaceutical companies have uh, created for us. And I know when people first hear this, I mean, if you're not, I mean, I'm sure your audience is, is more sophisticated because they're listening to you. But right. um, people who listen for the first time are just getting into this. You start realizing, like, all this creepy stuff's been going on. So, but basically, you find out that so many diseases today, and we're talking about hypo, uh, hypothyroidism, we're talking about depression. We're talking about hyperactivity because I can get into this too, um, you know, how it affects the transferase, the okay. breakdown of, of uh, enzymes in your body, the breakdown of your adrenaline. Uh, high estrogen or estrogenic cancers uh, can be caused by that. Leukemia, asthma. That's why, I mean, asthma right now with the chemtrails that are being sprayed mm-hmm. like crazy, which have been shown to have mercury in them as well as, a, as a car- or, uh, in a carrier. Uh, we have childhood, uh, asthma is now one of the top three childhood diseases. Non-smoking children getting asthma. Why would this be? Well, we know that asthma causes lung inflammation that is essentially diagnosed as asthma. So we have our answer right there. Um, arterial sclerosis. we have ALS. Um, wow. It uh, blocks the action of vitamin C, so it can uh, cause long-term circulatory issues. Autism, I had a lot of, you know, when you look at autism spectrum where, where you have digestive orders, you have fits of anger, you have uh, hyperactivity, you have um, uh, memory issues all going together. Those are all things that I had, and those are all things that went away after my feelings went out, and they're things that are trying to come back after chemtrails started, which is why I first started looking into mercury and in chemtrails, uh, but that's another subject. Um, oh, easy. yeah,
1: definitely. Got to check yeah. in. Yeah, we'll, we'll
2: touch on that for sure. Go ahead. Sure. Easy bruising. Bruxism. Do you grind your teeth at night? I mean, I was grinding my teeth like me crazy. The night my feelings came out, the next day it stopped. I was grinding my teeth so bad that I would wake up with blood in my mouth.
3: Wow. And that's how,
2: that's, in fact, that's why I got in the conversation with my friend Amy, who told me, because I was grinding so hard, I actually think I knocked a tooth out of position. It was about two millimeters out of position and my teeth had always been perfect all my life and i woke up one day and i'm like what happened to this truth or tooth and she says do you and i don't know that it was a bruxism or not that did it but i guess it might have been but she said do you have a filling in that tooth and i'm like yeah she goes uh, your body's rejecting the mercury and that in your and it makes your teeth shift i'm like really ringing in the ears uh chronic fatigue shifted circadian rhythm are you a night owl this is this was me i wouldn't go to get sleepy till four to seven in the morning Okay. Thank, thankfully, I worked in theater. So I was, you know, I didn't go to work till 3 in the afternoon and I wouldn't get off work till, you know, 11 or midnight. Right. So it worked for me. I'd be up till 4 in the morning or 7 in the morning. But when I got the mercury out, my circadian rhythm, my sleep pattern, changed right back to going to sleep at 10, getting up at like 5 or 6 in the morning. And it was like a complete change for me because I'd been like that most of my life or much of my life. Uh, so wow. bowel problems, eye problems far, near farsightedness hypothyroidism, like I said, memory loss it it
1: really devastates the whole body doesn 't it and that 's what 's the scary thing about this, and I remember during the interview, I got Bill to ask you if it what about arthritis because as i I said during i I uh, kind of got Bill to ask you during the show that I have a disease called ankylosing spondylitis, which I got but uh, when I was about sixteen years old, which is really causing a lot of trouble in my body. Um, and you were just like, yeah, there, it's you know that it could, that could be attributed to mercury too, or it's definitely not helping the situation. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean
2: it is in some books. I believe the book that I have, it's actually it is attributed directly to mercury toxicity, wow. um, ALS, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, as well. So, I mean, this is the thing that's hard for people to believe, is that when you research this, when I started researching this, which I did right after I found out I had mercury toxicity, I mean, I went hardcore research, I read a book in the next two days, I read a book cover to cover um, about mercury, and then I just kept going, and um, as I compiled information, I started realizing that most of the major diseases we have in the world today can be associated with mercury. and and I've heard more and more stories as I've collected information, spoken to people, that more and more people had gotten over their diseases after they're having their fillings removed or detoxing mercury. And I'm just, I was just like, oh, my gosh. And, it's, and most of this mercury is coming from vaccines or amalgam fillings. So why would you put, why would you put the world's most toxic, non-radioactive metal into somebody's body? Why would you inject it? Bypassing the largest, most potent part of your immune system, which is your gut. That's what your gut is there for. You eat food, and your immune system fires up. Uh, you get antibody triggering. You get your body identifying. You know, that your gut is where most your, the largest part of your immune system is. Why, we're going to bypass that, inject it in your body, and they say they use it as a preservative. But it's like of all the hundreds of things you could use as a vaccine preservative, Why would you use the absolute worst thing that you could possibly think of? That's not science. There's no scientist who doesn't understand how toxic mercury is. And yet the public has been brainwashed into thinking it is either an accident that they did this or they didn't know better. It's not possible that they didn't know better. The toxicity of mercury has been known for centuries. So. Yeah, so I mean that's it's attributable to so many diseases. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, like I, I that's what I was like when I kind of messaged you before uh, we were talking, uh, just texting and that. And I was telling you that I went down the mercury rabbit hole. Now, and I start after that interview I heard a few days ago. I started really looking into it, and just type in, in a Google search, uh, you know, uh, diseases in mercury and stuff like that, and the list is endless. It's just it really does people affect. <laughs> Uh, every aspect of your body now what i wanted to ask you is mercury something that um your body stores over time so like the more you're exposed to it is your body building up uh more and more and more is it storing in your fat like where does it go like how is this is it worse over time like kind of break that down okay yes it it does store
2: over time it accumulates over time and this is what typically happens with people is as the levels Uh, as the levels build up in your body, you eventually, after years and years, and and for most people with amalgam fillings, this is roughly when they reach 35, it builds up to a certain point that your body can no longer absorb it, and then your blood mercury starts becoming chronically higher and higher, just gets a little higher and a little higher, and that's when you get really sick like I did. Now, the problem with this, there's two big problems with mercury diagnosis. First of all, it's been written out of the... um, the training for doctors and i believe this is also no problem yeah you have to understand that the medical uh the medical education system was taken over by the pharmaceutical industry back in the 1930s right so as they took it over they decided in my opinion i haven't found the the meetings or anything specific but reverse engineering it i think what they did is they removed this intentionally from the literature and from training so that diagnosing it would be really hard, and then they put it in vaccines, and they put it in mercurochrome, then they put it in different substances, so they kept introducing it into substances, even the cigarette smoke, because of the fungicides used on tobacco, tremendous amount in cigarette smoke. And, uh, yeah, and so what did Hollywood do? If you look at movies from the 50s and the 60s, I mean, you have every character on screen is smoking, like like a smokestack, and and this influences public behavior. So where does it go in the body? Um, the, the lipid system, which is your fat system, and this has to do with, this is very tightly uh, connected with Alzheimer's because uh, some people, there's, there's APOE, uh, A-P-O-E uh, gene, gene types uh, ranging from APOE 2, 3, and 4, and what this basically means is how much sulfur is in your, your fat transport system. Incidentally, the people who have no sulfur, and this is a pattern you look through for. Are the people who have the by far the largest chance of getting Alzheimer's? Doctors know this. This is known by doctors, but they don't know that it's mercury. All they know is that the APOE4 are the people who are going to get Alzheimer's or have the much 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 higher chance of getting it. Well, Dr. Boyd Haley's research showed that it's because of those people who are an APOE4 are the ones who don't have sulfur in their lipid, their fat transport system. And therefore, because mercury binds to sulfur, and then your body would normally, with that sulfur, take the mercury out of the body ultimately, because they don't have this sulfur present in in that system, they're the people who end up accumulating it. So it's in the fat system. It's also in the high sulfur areas of your body. The high sulfur areas are going to be your central nervous system, which includes your brain
3: mm mm-hmm.
2: it's also going to be your joints where you 've got your ligaments tendons uh and and so on, and also your dense muscle you know your heart in um, other they 've done animal studies showing where it accumulates and it 's like heart pancreas uh joints uh wow. system so that 's where it 's going to accumulate
1: this that, that's amazing so this is a really this is a really dangerous metal like like a like that that i'm listening to you explain it again like i just i'm really sitting here shocked i am because it's in like the fact that what we're going to talk about geoengineering uh, during this interview that they're spraying this in our skies um is is scary enough um and i definitely know they are because i I said i told as we were speaking earlier i watch them crisscross above my head all the time they're going back and forth like a checkerboard and i'm just telling people that's not normal i remember uh condensation trails from jets when i was younger and you would see the odd one and the jet would be so high up in the sky that you could barely see it and you would see like a little contrail that would disappear very quickly they didn't linger like they do now and they definitely weren't doing crisscrosses and through the sky and stuff like that. And you're saying that they got mercury in, in those, like they were finding mercury in that, which is scary enough. Now, what, um, before we get into that subject, what, uh, so people that they think they have symptoms, what is the best way to go about getting tested to find out uh, what should people do if they want to get tested to see if they do have mercury poisoning? Well, there's, um, I'll give you the best test to the worst test. The best test you can
2: get is called the urine porphyrin test. And what happens is when your body is, is exposed to mercury, even though it, it is taken out of the blood very quickly, usually they say 45 minutes to two hours. When you have an exposure, it'll go away. Of course, with amalgam fillings, you're getting a chronic exposure. Right, right. So there's, it, it varies though. If you eat though, the vapor that comes off after you eat or you drink some hot beverage, you know, the chewing will actually remove the oxidation layer from the uh, from the fillings, and your the vaporization rate will go up. Uh, you know, many times. Um, so you, you know, it, it changes. And in fact, I had an employee who um, who had a lot of mercury symptoms, had a bunch of fillings, and she said, I said she couldn't afford to have them out right away. So I said, well, she chewed gum all the time. So I, I told her, I said, uh, start by not chewing your gum and see what happens. Just see what happens. Do this experiment. She right. did it for three days. She she says, I feel like 50% better. I cannot believe it. Just because I'm not chewing gum, I'm like, yeah, you're, you're not removing that oxidation layer, you're not mobilizing that mercury, so that's a good first step. But anyway, getting it diagnosed is a urine porphyrin, porphyrin test. Now, it's hard to get that. You have to find a doctor that will work with you because uh, the medical establishment has called people who perform that test quacks, which really? is a, which is a wow. lie. Dr. Huggins knew, and if you read the book, I, I encourage people, he's got the science, he's got the information, it's called uh, Mal- uh, It's All in Your Head. Okay. Uh, is what it's, called. It's, a, it's a book about it, amalgam fillings, and he talks about the urine porphyrin test being the, the best test. It's hard to find, but find a doctor who can get it. It's a non-invasive, just a urine test, and it's very reliable. So that's the best test. The second test is you can have a challenge test. Now, what a challenge test is is that they give you a mercury chelator like DMPS or DMSA. You can take it either intravenously or orally. And then they take a urine sample for 24 hours, and they'll look at that sample, and it'll make your body excrete mercury. So it, it's, a, it's a chelator that promotes mercury excretion through okay. the urine, and then they look at your urine and see how high your mercury is, and they get an idea. It's not an exact science, but they can see if it's high, then you've, you've got a mercury issue. Um, the problem with the challenge test is that it's, uh, it can be dangerous, um, because when you're when you chelate that, you're mobilizing a lot of mercury. It can make you feel bad. Some people have gotten sick, and some people have been injured from a, from a chelation test. from a ch- They call it a challenge test. Okay. So um, you've got to be careful, and, and you've got to decide whether or not you feel strong enough to take a challenge test. So that's the second best test, I would say. The worst test is a blood test. Now, if you get your blood tested for mercury and it's high you can be pretty sure that you've got a real problem because, like I said, your mercury levels generally don't stay high unless you ate a bunch of fish or tuna fish or or something like that. uh, They generally don't stay high. Um, So that's the least reliable way and it doesn't help. But what you can do is if you do get a blood test, you can look for other fingerprints of mercury presence. For instance, If you have a combination of other metal uh, combinations in your blood, like, for instance, if you had high calcium and you have low zinc, that combination gives you a clue that there might be the presence of mercury in your body. And that's because mercury chelates away the zinc, and it also blocks um, uh, uh, magnesium metabolism. And because your magnesium metabolism is blocked, your body cannot use calcium because magnesium is required for calcium, and so your calcium levels will rise. So you can look for fingerprints um, in your blood to get an idea that you might have mercury toxicity, Uh, but that overall is really the least reliable test.
1: All right, perfect. Thank you for explaining that because I'm sure that people listening now are going to be, I know I'm going to go find a test. I'm going to try to find somebody that's going to give me the best test that you recommended, Uh, And, uh, you know, I definitely want to get tested because um, I know I had metal fillings in my teeth for a lot of years. And uh, so I'm very curious. Now, uh, what about animals? Like, I know, like, what is going, I I know that, like, a lot of animals, I know my cats, I feed them uh, wet food that's fish. Like, they'll, you know, white fish, cod, salmon, stuff like that. And I heard during the last interview you did with Bill that you were kind of testing cat food you were testing even human like tuna and stuff cans of tuna for people and even litter boxes and stuff like that what did you find with uh how how bad is it in fish especially and what about like for cat foods and stuff like that are we is it not good to give your animals anything fish-based not good not good at all no wow here's
2: what we found we went to the store and we bought all kinds of fish we bought everything we bought salmon we bought tuna we bought sardines and we bought cat food Fish-based cat food, non-fish-based cat food. Okay. So we just said, we're going we're gonna to do a big old test here. And we did this in my house. And I had my two employees. I don't have employees now, but I had three employees at the time. So I had a lot of help, and we filmed this whole thing, and we made a video out of it. And here's what we found out. We would open up a can of tuna, and we would take a Jerome mercury vapor meter, which is an industry standard meter. It's like a ten dollars or $15,000 meter that we leased from a company. Okay. And we would take a reading of the air right above the can right after we opened it. The readings we got above tuna cans right after opening them were something in the range of 80 to 300 micrograms per cubic meter. Okay. Now, to give you an idea how high that is, okay. if you have 0.3 micrograms to 1 microgram, in a factory, that will trigger an investigation as to the source of mercury. That is considered contamination, point wow. 0.3 to 1. The EPA recognizes that at 3 micrograms per cubic meter can cause permanent biological damage, 3. We're talking the vapor that was coming off of tuna cans that were just opened was somewhere between 80 and 300 micrograms per cubic meter unbelievable you can hear in the video we took my employees gasping they literally they're like oh,
3: when they saw yeah, the for meter,
2: sure <laughs> they wow. were blown away so that's tuna we then took tests of uh, salmon now salmon was lower we had salmon i don't remember the exact numbers but i think we were between. 30 and 80 to 30 to 100, something like that. It was lower than tuna. Tuna was the highest. Right. But we still had readings that were an order of magnitude higher than what would trigger an investigation in a factory or even shut a factory down. I think it's three. I think three will shut a factory down. I, I, I'm trying to remember the numbers. They're, they're escaping at the moment. But it's something like that. Right. So a lot of mercury. Then we opened up sardines, and we got very, very low readings from sardines. There was a little bit coming off sardines. But talking about animals, we said we bought fish food, uh, cat food. Right, right. Fish-based cat food. We opened that up. We got tens, you know, somewhere in the tens, somewhere in the, like, I don't remember, it was 15 to 40 or something like that coming off cat food uh, right after the can was opened. And, in fact, after we had opened about 10 cans— in my kitchen, which is where we did this test, we took a, a preliminary meeting, a reading, by the way, to make sure there was no ambient mercury in the air. Oh, we got nice. zero. We got zero. There was nothing in the kitchen, so that was all good. After opening all these cans and testing all these things, the air in the kitchen was something like um, gosh, I'm trying it was in like 38 micrograms, our first wow. reading, I think it was, 38 micrograms per cubic meter, just contaminating the air in the kitchen from opening all these cans of fish. Well, after we opened the cat food, the fish-based cat food, we got the thought, which never occurred to us, well, what's happening on the other end of this cat food? (laughs) So we went to the litter box, and and this was my business partner. I I share a house with my business partner. We went to to her room where she has the litter box um, in her area there uh, of the house, And we took a reading off the litter box, and there was something uh, like a few tens, you know, uh, I I don't, again, I don't remember the numbers, but it was somewhere between like 20 and 100 micrograms per cubic meter coming out of the litter box. Wow. So immediately we threw the fish-based plat. You know, this is not good for your animals. So if you have a cat, we always hear about cats being, my my business partner is a cat lover. Me too, me too. Yeah, yeah, cats are cool. So, uh, you know, cats being lazy or... Uh, You know, uh, well, that's what mercury does. Mercury can cause uh, chronic fatigue, and maybe that's part of the reason. So,
1: yeah, it was a big revelation for us. Yeah, that, I, I, like I said, when we were talking about that in the last interview, when you brought up cat food, I was like, oh, no, that's all my cats eat. So Mm. I'm already consciously, just after a few days of listening to you about this, I started, I'm starting to give them like chicken or something. Like I'm trying to switch them over, trick them a little to get them off as much fish as I can. And I definitely um, don't want, I'm not a big fish eater myself, so I'm not too worried about the fish part of it. But I do know how, I've heard for years how bad fish is, and uh, don't eat too much of it. You know, back when I was growing up, and I'm sure when you were too, they were always saying, eat as much fish as you can, it's great for you. And now even people are saying, don't eat too much fish. Like, they just publicly even say that now. Is there other foods that you found were really high in mercury? Like, or is it just mostly fish stuff, or what's some other foods that you, maybe... It was mostly fish stuff. We did
2: test some other foods. We tested, like, cold cuts. I mean, we had this, you know, this $15,000 meter, so we're like, well, let's test. We tested sure. jeans. <laughs> we tested cotton shirts. We tested Q-tips. We, we just tested everything. Um, it, everything was pretty clean. The only weird thing we found was there was a uh, tomato. There these small tomato things in oil that we got at the, the store that was in the olive bar or something. Right. And they actually had some mercury coming off of them. It was it was something like between seven and fifteen micrograms or something. So we were kind of like, oh, that's weird. And I noticed after I had those because I really liked them that I wouldn't feel too good after. And I started noticing this pattern. And so I'm like, you know, let's test these little things. And it's like there's some mercury vapor coming off of these. Wow. Yeah, but that's other than incredible. That, yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean, it, we were all just blown away. So I it affected. So we we made a video on it. We put uh, put it online. It's on YouTube. It's on our, our one of our websites. And um, uh, so, yeah. And the other thing was cigarette smoke with a tremendous amount. And, and why? Because they spray mercury based fungicides, you know, mm-hmm. on uh, tobacco. So, you know, you get a lot of mercury there as well. So uh, people right. got to know what they're doing.
1: Oh, definitely. That's just, that is, it's incredible. Like, and especially that it's affecting fish the worst is uh, really surprising, too. Um, because I would think that maybe like it would be like in beef and stuff like that, right? Because they're uh, you think it would be high because they're if, they are sp- with the, if they're spraying the chemtrails and that, it is getting in the grass and it's getting on everything. And so I'm wondering if eventually beef is going to start getting really high over time. Like, I don't know. I'm just saying that, like, I'm just always wondering that. Now you got me worried about mercury and everything. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, I, you be, when you hear about it and you see all the list of ailments that come along with it, if you're toxic it's really alarming and you start to really question everything that you're eating and that you're breathing and you're just kind of like a shock period I'm going through right now. Um, what are ways, and I know you're not a doctor, so I know, I know you can't tell people what to do, but what are some ways if somebody is mercury toxic, is there things that people can do or herbs they can take anything like that to try to get it out of their system?
2: Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot you can do uh, to get it out of your system. The big Key with mercury detox is, um, and by the way, I just want to say about about our testing of meats and stuff is that we did all this testing before chemtrails began being sprayed in our area.
1: Okay, big. Um,
2: That's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the other thing is that um, uh, we believe. We, we, we hypothesize, I should say, we don't know for sure, but we believe the type of mercury that might be in chemtrails might be an organic type of mercury, which this meter doesn't pick up anyway. Okay. So mercury testing, you know, you can have an organic or you know elemental mercury. Um, not all meters can pick up both, so you have to do, so it's a little more complicated. So, but there's a lot you can do to get rid of it. And one of the keys to getting rid of it is sulfur. Sulfur is uh, sulfur binds very strongly to mercury, and uh, so you can use sulfur substances to remove it as long as they're the right kind of molecule now I'll start now ninety nine percent of the things that I recommend uh, and that I use myself are natural. You can use herbs you can use uh, um, you know other foods uh, okay. to take it out um, but I'll start with the artificial the only artificial thing that I like um, and I, again, it's very rare. I, I actually like artificial things, but uh, DMSA, oral DMSA, um, so many, was actually working very well with mothers who were detoxing their autistic children. Now, I knew of these people online. I had contact uh, and been in groups with people who had used DMSA and their children were recovering from autism. And this was going on for a few years. And what that showed us was that autism was related to mercury. Well, this is something I already felt very strongly mm-hmm. about, not only because of the medical literature, but my own symptoms of memory loss, hyperactivity, um, all of my uh, symptoms of uh, depression, um, all of my um, other, even the emotional symptoms, just you know, made me, like, you, like your, your, your mind just spins, you can't think, you can't focus. So I kind of already suspected that myself. Uh, so DMSA was one thing, and of course, that uh, parents were using on their kids, having really great results. It seemed like something, uh, it, it's got a couple sulfur binding sites that carry mercury out of the body uh, through the liver, uh, gets dumped in your colon, and they were having good luck with that, and that was a great thing. So what did the FDA do? The FDA made it so you can no longer get DM, oral DMSA unless you have a doctor prescribe it to you. It used to be over-the-counter. Wow. But it was about five years ago, roughly, give or take, that the FDA uh, put out a letter, and they said you can't sell it anymore. So, um, so anyway, DMSA, if you can get it from your doctor, is the only artificial thing that I would consider using. Um, the other things that you can use is, for instance, natural things like zinc. Now, zinc is actually used to, um, you can take a zinc supplement. Zinc is actually used in mercury remediation. So when uh, if you have a mercury spill in your house or your workplace and you have a company come in to clean it up, they'll usually use a zinc powder because it binds real strong to the mercury. Okay. Likewise, if you take zinc supplementation, it's believed to actually move it out of your body. One of the keys when you're actually getting mercury out of the body is one of the, primary pathways is through the liver. The liver dumps it through the bile ducts and it goes into the intestines. The problem with that, that's good. You want it out, it's going out through your, uh, through your bile, out of your liver. So that's good. The problem is your intestines will reabsorb a large portion of it. So you want to prevent the reabsorption. What we use for that is algin. Algin is a non-digestible polysaccharide from brown seaweed. It's an extract it's used very much in foods as a, like a thickener. It's very safe. It doesn't go into your bloodstream. It actually stays in your intestines, and it has an affinity for mercury and also for barium, also for strontium, and also for uranium. So it's actually a really great detox supplement for some of these exotic metals to keep them from going back in your body, being reabsorbed when you're in the process of a detox. And a lot of people who've used algin actually have come back to me and said, this is amazing, I can actually feel the difference when I take it. Well, yeah, that's great because it's it's prohibiting that reuptake, you know, research, that redistribution in your body while you're detoxing. So uh, let me see what else I can come up with here. Selenium. Uh, selenium, now zinc is depleted by mercury. Now zinc is important for your immune system, and it's important for your skin and for your heart. So when you have chronic low selenium, Or excuse me, I'm confusing the two. Zinc is important for your reproductive system and for your immune system. Okay. Now, mercury binds to zinc in your body. And even if you're eating a good diet, if you're mercury toxic or exposed to mercury or you're breathing chemtrails laden with mercury, you can have low zinc. But likewise, when you actually have zinc or some other metal in your diet that's high in zinc, um, it can help you get rid of uh, mercury. It can help in that process. Another thing that can help in that process is selenium because mercury also has affinity to bind with selenium. Selenium is really good for your, uh, important for your heart uh, and other body systems as well. And if you have chronic low selenium, you can end up having heart problems and so on and so forth. Um, Vitamin C is really good to protect yourself during detox. uh, Flavonoids, vitamin C flavonoids are really great for protecting your body from the oxidative stress that's caused, because mercury is very oxidative, it's very destructive, it's a very aggressive binder. And because your body is mostly made up of proteins, right? Most of the Mm -hmm. proteins in your body have an amino acid in that protein called cysteine. And cysteine contains sulfur. And sulfur is bound to by mercury. So what happens is mercury will bind to that cysteine that's in a protein, Then your immune system will see that protein as non-self and attack it. And that's how you can start to have autoimmune reactions from mercury. Your body starts attacking itself because it actually sees that. This happens when methionine mimicry is one of the things. Your body makes a substance, which is a high sulfur substance called methionine. And this is another detox supplement I'll tell you about, too, is uh, you can take methionine. But your body produces methionine. Mercury will bind to the methionine. Normally, your body will not attack methionine, and it will not attack the tissues in your body that make methionine. But when mercury gets bound to the methionine that your body makes, and the tissues that your body, uh, where your body creates methionine, then your body starts attacking those tissues, and now you have an autoimmune disease. You're attacking yourself. Now, a source of methionine is chlorella. You can actually take. You've got to be careful with things like chlorella, because some people are... Uh, do not handle sulfur foods very well. Right and it can right. make you very sick. So but other people handle it very well. Now I, I, I work with sulfur very well. So when I initially detoxed, and this is when I didn't know much. This is right after my fillings were out, I'd only known about mercury and fillings for about three weeks. So what I did is I detoxed using protein powder that has high cysteine in it, because I wanted that cysteine with that sulfur to pull the mercury out and chlorella. Those are the two primary things that I detox with, and of course, algin. And that actually worked very well for me. So the methionine that is in chlorella can supplement your body's own methionine and help pull it out of your body as well. The other thing I would do is take vitamin E. And vitamin E and selenium should be taken together because they're synergistic. They actually need each other in order to be effective in the body. Right. So vitamin E... Unlike vitamin C, vitamin E is very good at protecting the brain from oxidative stress. So when you're detoxing mercury, make sure you've got lots of vitamin E, uh, plenty of selenium. Don't overdo the selenium. Just make sure you're getting a good balanced amount uh, to protect your brain and your central nervous system uh, from the side effects as well. Another thing is magnesium. Now, you'll see if you go on Facebook, you'll see all kinds of groups that are formed they're called magnesium advocacy groups. You know, they're like uh, people are having so many of their problems, whether digestive problems, emotional problems, sleep problems, stress problems, muscular problems, uh, teeth problems, bone problems that are being solved by supplementing magnesium. And you might ask yourself, why does everybody need all this magnesium? Right, I
1: was going to ask that.
2: <laughs> right. Why wasn't this happening 20 years ago? You know, why is all of a sudden everybody's magnesium deficient? It's because, in my opinion, that they're breathing mercury-laden chemtrails. And when you get that mercury exposure, it blocks magnesium metabolism. And when you lose that, magnesium is used for so many things in your body, including making adenosine triphosphate, which is ATP, which is your energy molecule. That is your energy molecule. And if you don't have magnesium, you can't make that. Also, low magnesium you will have a host of problems. You can have chronic headaches. You can have muscular problems. You can have digestive problems. You have energy problems. You have sleep problems. And here's the reason why taking magnesium can help detox is, well, magnesium can help you detox while at the same time uh, protecting you from, this, from the effects, is in your body, your body creates adrenaline, which is, uh, uh, you know, epinephrine. Then there's norepinephrine. Epinephrine is a different name for adrenaline. Norepinephrine. Dopamine and estrogen. Those are four big things that your body creates all the time every day. And of course, adrenaline, everybody knows what adrenaline does. In your body, in order to regulate the amount of adrenaline, norepinephrine, which is similar to adrenaline, and dopamine, you have to regulate those things. The body creates a molecule, it's an enzyme called COMT for short, but it's called catechol methyl transferase. This actually breaks down adrenaline, norepinephrine. Dopamine and estrogens in the body. Well, guess what? The COMT molecule, that enzyme, contains methionine. And your body cannot create methionine without magnesium. So what happens is if you're magnesium deficient because you're exposed.
1: All right, sorry, guys, I just had to pause that because I did look. It's almost the top of the hour here. So I know that breaks are going to be kicking in probably within the next, like, 30 seconds or so. So just want to thank you guys for all joining me here right at the Crypt this evening. Uh really hope you're enjoying this interview with Russ Tanner. Uh, we He covers so many things here, and I found learning about Mercury, and then we start diving into the second hour. We start getting into that more in chemtrails. And all of these uh, great topics. And uh, I found this interview with them fascinating. And as I said uh, at the beginning, uh, it was fascinating. But then it became very uh, disturbing when you start looking into what they are doing to our air and our water and food and even our pet foods and everything, our medications. It's really disturbing. So. definitely here's the break music guys so we will be right back, back after this break and we will be listening and continuing with the russ tanner interview be back very shortly guys
0: Ask me, hey, who, why do you do it, man? Why? Some kind of war junkie? I won't say a goddamn word. Why? They won't understand. They won't understand why we do it. They won't understand it's about the men next to you. And that's it holidays. Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, number one listener-supported radio, the printing press for freedom at a time when freedom is needed the most.
3: I am Bill Johnson. Some consider my efforts to be an underground law school. I am not an attorney and I do not give legal advice. I teach. That's lawful and legal. Consider yourself served. You are to appear Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, Studio A. My forte? Foreclosure and contract law. Grab your legal pad and pen. Learn a broad spectrum of law spanning administrative, criminal, family, tort, and federal law. Fools and losers cling to old cases. I dissect and comment on the latest rulings that control the courts. Don't be a loser. And if you don't appear, you will be held in contempt. I will defend
2: myself against their tyranny. Number three is my radio. Guest, I'm squarely in front of the public all the time, and they all know what's going on.
0: Well, we are opposed around the world
1: by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on the for expanding its sphere of influence.
0: Hello, my name is John Wayne. And I do a broadcast here at FreedomSlips.com, Revolution Radio, called the Unequivocal Truth, Defcon One. Freedom. And, and war. folks, I assure you, we are in Defense condition One, One, as we journey perilously through this paradigm that we currently reside in. And I ask that you join me every Saturday, eight to ten p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the unequivocal proof, DEFCON 1. never surrender.
2: The original machine had a base plate of pre-famulated amulite surmounted by a malleable logarithmic casing in such a way that the two swerving bearings were in a direct line with a panometric fan. The lineup consisted simply of six hydrocopic Marzal veins, so fitted to the ambifacient lunar wane shaft that side
0: fumbling was effectively prevented. The main winding was of the normal Lotus-O-Deltoid type placed in panendermic semi-boloid slots of the stator, every seventh conductor being connected
2: by a non-reversible tremie pipe to the differential girdle spring on the up end of the gram meters.
0: Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio, taking the confusion out of transmutated lunar girdle springs for four years and running. Revolution Radio, the number one listener supported alternative media radio on the planet. All right. Thanks for listening while well, we take that short break here at Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com. And now yeah, we're going to get back to your
1: host. Well, welcome back, everybody. Hope you guys had yourselves a great break. I know I did. Got up and did a little stretching. So, just want to thank you all once again for being here. Welcome to the Crypt. I really appreciate everyone that listens. I really do. You guys are amazing. Amazing chat. Love to talk to you in the chat room. So, we are definitely listening right now to the interview with Russ Tanner. I did this one a couple months back, probably a few months back. And this is definitely the interview that YouTube apparently did not want you guys to hear. Because, uh, as I said at the beginning... It was pulled in premiere stage. It didn't even make it to one play or anywhere close to it. So I'm not going to talk too much because there is still quite a bit of this interview. I'm hoping I can get through all of it uh, this show. If there's a little bit left, uh, I can definitely play it at the beginning of next week's show for you guys. But I think we might get pretty much 99% of it done. So let's go ahead and fire this up. Hopefully it all works, guys. Let me know if you guys can hear it, and we'll see how things go here.
2: Close to Mercury your body becomes low methionine. And because there's no methionine available to make the COMT enzyme, you cannot break down adrenaline, norepinephrine, estrogens, or dopamine. So you become hyper. You can't sleep. You have looping thoughts all the time. You have songs that get stuck in your head. Because that's, that's how I was most of my life until my fitness came out, and that stopped. I didn't have looping thoughts. You can be emotional. You can have outbursts of anger. We start seeing some of these autism symptoms uh, from the fact that these, uh, the, the low magnesium uh, prevents the, the production of methyltransferase, which makes your adrenaline, norepinephrine, uh, skyrocket along with your dopamine and estrogens. And then what do you have because you have elevated estrogens is you have an outbreak of estrogen-based cancers, and you also have men who grow breasts. You know, we, you know people make fun of that a lot. You know, Sometimes it's like comedians make jokes about it. Well, right. we, we kind of know the mechanism. You know, it's kind of like mercury. You're mercury toxic. It raises your estrogen levels, and men can become feminized. It can also affect your personality that way as well. So those are some of the things that you can use. Uh, to, uh i should there's a couple other things i should mention i'm sorry i'm talking sh- so long. no
1: it, by all means uh, uh, russ this is amazing and i want to thank you because uh this is probably one of the most important interviews i've ever did and i'm just being really honest with you um so continue i mean this is really good stuff that people need to know and hear this i'm glad i i agree mercury is so much more pervasive than people
2: realize and even after your your fillings are removed back 20 years ago, I know people had their feelings removed, including me, who had miraculous recoveries in their lives, but that doesn't happen today because you get your feelings removed, but you're still being exposed, and I'm still having mercury symptoms, and so I detox mercury every day now because the mercury symptoms I get from chemtrails, because I can taste and smell them in the air, when they get really concentrated, my business partner and I both have a whole resurgence of mercury uh, symptoms, so just because I was lucky enough to have mercury toxicity and know what the symptoms are, I... I found out that or I began to hypothesize that chemtrails had mercury because of the symptom set they were creating there 's nothing else that I ever found that has the symptom set as bright as wide and broad as mercury does and Then it was about seven, eight years later that a geophysicist came out with a study and actually found mercury in in uh, chemtrails, and I was vindicated I said There you go, I knew it, I knew it had to because of our symptom set but here 's uh, two more sup- uh, sub- uh, supplements, excuse me that are really important for mercury detox. Uh, Glutathione. Now, glutathione is so important in the body that science in the last five years has come out and said that it is so important for your body to produce glutathione that you can almost predict how long somebody will live by how much glutathione their body produces. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Science magazines have come out with that. And a lot of the science that they print in these, these mainstream magazines is garbage science. It's lies and propaganda. But that I believe is absolutely true, that, and they were printing that as well. So you can now you can't take regular straight glutathione because about ninety percent of it will be uh, corrupted in your digestive system. You have to take it. Uh, there's a couple ways you can take it, but you can take a substance, and this is what I do. I take reduced glutathione. That has a um, that will persist and get in your bloodstream at about forty percent. So it's not you know it's not hundred percent efficiency. But it's a whole lot better than ten. It's a little more expensive, but at least you're getting a nice dose of glutathione. You can for also sure. go, yeah, you can also go get glutathione IVs if you can find a clinic. There are clinics uh, all over the United States that will do that for you. So glutathione is a big one, and this is part of the reason that Dr. Boyd Haley's research also connected autism with um, uh, with mercury, is because of how the glutathione production is shut down in children that have. Uh, have autism, and that's a whole nother discussion. So, so um, glutathione is very important. Can, there's also now they've come out with even a more expensive form that they say is 80 to 90 percent persistence rate in the body. So you really use it; uh, it really uh, gets used with very high efficiency. Which is a lipo type of glutathione. It's an oil-based glutathione. So, but that's more expensive. So you you can decide which which you want to try. I use the reduced glutathione. It's got it's kind of the sweet spot for cost. The other supplement that's real big is N-acetylcysteine. It's often called NAC. N-acetylcysteine is a substance that your body actually produces and uses to produce glutathione. So because it's used to produce glutathione in the body, it's called a glutathione precursor. So I also take glutathione twice a day, a small dose. Uh, Not glutathione, excuse me, Uh, N-acetylcysteine. I do take glutathione too, but N-acetylcysteine twice a day. Some, you know, relatively small dose, to keep my glutathione production elevated. So that's another very popular substance that you can take to increase your glutathione levels. The only caveat is that if you're taking N-acetylcysteine, it's very important to take vitamin B12 uh, and make sure you take the form of vitamin T- B12 that's called methylcobalamin. Now, the, this is very popular but 10 years ago nobody heard of methylcobalamin and this again has to do with uh, dr haley's research but long story short um, methylcobalamin is a more available form of b12 so uh, if you're going to take n-acetylcysteine make sure you take b12 because that will prevent your homocysteine levels from rising because a side effect of n-acetylcysteine is to raise homocysteine levels which is not good for your heart but taking b12 will allow your body to break that homocysteine levels down. And I know people who work, you know, actual practice, herbalists and uh, naturopaths who work with people, and this is a measurable effect. You can use that B12 to keep your homocysteine levels down at safe levels while you're taking in acetylcysteine so, Perfect.
1: That's incre- Thank you so much. That's in, that is incredible uh, information. And, so, and I really hope my listeners are going to... Uh, definitely l- listen to this and uh, get a lot of knowledge from this. I mean, you're, bringing, you're dropping some great stuff here, especially about supplements. And these supplements that you're speaking of, and that they, can you find most of these things readily, readily available at a health food store? Uh, or do you have to go anywhere special? Or they, if you do enough uh, looking around, you can pretty much find it anywhere like health food stuff is sold? And Yeah, anywhere
2: health food, I mean, even grocery stores these days carry stuff. But, you know, get a higher, you know, get a, a decent brand. Um, you know, but yeah, you can grocery stores. You can find this stuff pretty much anywhere. Uh, Just ask your, you know, attendant or somebody knowledgeable for what brand they recommend. It, you know, that's what I would do.
1: Okay, no, that's perfect because I'm just wondering because I know that sometimes people wonder if these things are hard to get. So I like to ask just to make sure that people know just to go to a good, you know, health where they sell health food stuff and you know, like you said, grocery store and just ask. You know, that's the best you can do is ask and find something that is a good quality. I always do believe that. In most cases, you get what you pay for, especially with uh, health food stuff, I find, and vitamins and stuff like that, which I do take, uh, Russ, I do take a lot of vitamins. Now, I I don't take magnesium. That's one I can say that I don't take, Uh, so I'm going to start taking that. But I do take zinc. I take all my B-complex, C. I take... uh, Um, on the omegas which i don't do what do you think about omegas because that is fish right (laughs) yeah you can take
2: omegas i mean most people the problem with omegas is most people have way too much omega-6 and not enough omega-3 okay so so it's better make uh, you know and and in fact um you know because our company distributes research we have contact with thousands of, of naturopaths and and uh, herbalists across the United States and, and, and in other countries. And so we get a lot of feedback from them. And what they find, is it's very valuable to get that kind of feedback. And what we find is that in most cases, people actually say, you don't even really need to supplement omega-6, just supplement omega-3. If you have a decent diet,
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, you're probably getting enough omega-6, just supplement the three. But you can do both if you want. But, uh, you know, it, it, it tends to be that in the, in the typical diet, people are getting... Uh, more six than they need and not enough
1: three. Oh, perfect that's great thank you i definitely will definitely get some omega-3 then for sure because i because i remember i was when we were talking about the levels of fish going up i'm thinking to myself i think you know omega i think fish oil and stuff like that and i'm like oh no i probably really load myself up with mercury now so mm-hmm. it's good to know that i can take that now uh thank you for like for that that is amazing talking about mercury thank you so much russ now you're, now, let's kind of get into it quickly before we wrap up the chemtrail uh, discussion. Now, I have people that I talk to that definitely believe that this is happening, that they are geoengineering constantly, and they are spraying us with stuff. And then I have people that are flat-out deniers, even if I show them, I'll show them planes above our head spraying constantly. And, it's, and I, all summer I can sit there, and I have so much footage of them doing this over and over for hours on end, and they still don't believe it. Um, let people know what 's going on above our heads. I just want to get what you let us know what do you what you what does your research showed us
2: yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is where it started for me is that um i 'll tell you my experience and I just happened these two subjects I happen to be really well fit for because I had mercury poisoning, so I learned about it right and i've been into planes, jets, and rockets since I was in elementary school oh perfect, and i 'm in my fifties now, so I mean uh, that was my one of my passions, so I was really into that stuff. So so I, uh, that helped me to, to recognize what was going on. But what also helped me is that I have a very sensitive sense of taste and smell, and I'm going to say this up front because I've met hundreds of people online who have the same attribute and people who smell and taste the chemtrails the, the, because it falls out. As they release them, these particulates will fall. So this is what happened with me is that in uh, 2005 – I lived in Jamestown, New York. It's a little, it's a you know mid-sized town in western New York, beautiful area. And uh, I had an office that overlooked the whole town. And I've watched the sky all my life. I've never ever seen a trail come out of a jet. Um, I used to collect pictures of jets and rockets since I was in elementary school. I've never ever seen a picture except at an air show where they actually put an additive right. in the fuel to do it on purpose. Right. And one day I was sitting there. Um, to make a long story short. Um, I looked out and I saw a huge, well, series of huge plumes. It started with one and then another one and another one outside my window, which overlooked at a big, I was kind of in, my office was like in a green, like a a sunroom, like a solarium room. Uh, And uh, within about 20 to 30 minutes later, I started tasting metal in the air, really strong. And my sinuses started to burn. I got a headache. My muscles and joints started to hurt, and my thoughts started racing like I did when I had mercury toxicity. I was like, what is going on? And that night, that's when I had three employees, we would have a meeting uh, every day for about 30 minutes at the end of the day, and I canceled the meeting because I felt so bad. I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but man, this, I mean, I feel horrible. I'm fatigued. I can't think. I mean, it was really strong. And I noticed... Uh, over the next couple of days that every time these, these low-flying planes would leave these huge plumes in the air, that within 20 to 30 minutes, su- I mean, uh, the plume apparently would fall. Whatever they were releasing would fall. I would start to smell and taste this stuff, and within about five minutes it was almost unbearable, literally for me. And two of my employees could actually smell and taste it as well. The other one couldn't. So I, you know, I'm fully aware that some people just can't taste it and smell it. Right. Other people, it's overwhelming. I've met a lot of them. Other people, they can smell and taste it, but it's not too bad. So there's a wide range. It's all over the place. So um, anyway, there's a, there, I could talk for hours on this, but that's when I first came across this and started looking, uh, looking online to see what other people have reported, and I learned about chemtrails, and I'm like, well, they're obviously releasing something because I can see they're, they're, that when they leave these trails overhead, which... These engines I don't make trails. High-bypass turbo, the modern high-bypass turbofan engines are not capable of making trails. And I know there's a lot of controversy about this, you know, because mainstream media and now even in the, the textbooks for airline mechanics, and this is the same thing to do with doctors, you know, the industry, the globalists who are doing this control the research, control the training materials. Right. So now even airline mechanics are being taught that, oh, trails coming from jet engines is normal. No, they're not. They never have been. Uh, I've watched this all my life. I've never seen a picture in my entire life of collecting uh, pictures of jets and rockets. I've never seen a high-bypass turbofan create a trail. And I used to fly every year when I was younger. When I was a kid, I would fly to relatives every year and back. Um, Never seen anything like this. Combine that with the fact that I could taste and smell the fallout in the air. Combine that with the fact that we would get uh, metal. In fact, a, a, a USDA crop adjuster uh, named Rosalind Peterson, actually, when she started seeing this activity, she recognized, and she was in California, if I remember correctly, uh, she realized that this was happening, and they were taking constant tests of groundwater uh, you know, and soil, and she worked for the government. She was a USDA crop loss adjuster, and she noticed that on the days where they were they, where she saw this activity in the skies, there was aluminum and other exotic metals that shouldn't be in the ground in the ground. And on the days where the skies were clear, they didn't find this stuff in the, on the surface. You know, they would the uh, surface water and, uh-huh. the, and the surface soil tests, And she saw this consistently. So she ended up giving testimony in front of Congress uh, years later about this because of her testing, you know, which was very, very valuable. So. Uh, and, and the thing for people to realize is a lot of there's there's a whole disinformation campaign, and this is a whole other area of propaganda. I mean there's there's so much propaganda out in the public, and I watch it, I see it, I know how they work, I know the stories they kind of spin. Um, but one of the stories they spin is when you talk about aluminum in the soil, they say, well, aluminum naturally occurs in the soil. Exactly. You, know, so you can't do it, and that is true technically. But the aluminum you find in soils is usually in clay, and it's bound up in a substance called bauxite. Right. That is different than free aluminum. Your plants are typically not going to take up bauxite that's bound, or aluminum that's bound to bauxite in the soil. What began happening is farmers, and I actually have a lot of this stuff on the Global Skywatch website, uh, farmers uh, would start seeing changes in their crops where their main root system of the crops were getting dwarfed, their crops were uh, producing smaller leaves, and they were having uh, significantly smaller production uh, from, their, uh, from their, their plants. And so they started testing soils and found elevated aluminum. Now, I'm not talking about bauxite aluminum. I'm talking about free aluminum that should not be there. Right. And the plants were taking the aluminum. So then they were starting to find aluminum in the leaves. They were starting to find aluminum in the trees. And in some areas, and I have people on the uh, giving their testimony who've had trees and tree bark tested, there was so much aluminum in the trees that the trees were either dying and they were breaking in half and just spontaneously, you know, large trees cracking, which they'd never witnessed before. And you could also see burning on the plants, leaves. Anyway, so all these things combined, and there's more, but all these things combined, plus we have whistleblowers like uh, Kristen Megan who right. actually... Yeah. Yeah. Um, was threatened to not report the manufacturers who were making the powderized barium and aluminum that were being loaded onto planes, and she was threatened, and she actually became a whistleblower. So, again, I could talk for hours. I I, I try to be cognizant because I I can really talk on this because there's a lot of information about it. For sure. But it is is absolutely overwhelming that they are releasing the stuff in the atmosphere. I personally taste it, smell it. I feel the symptoms. In fact, my business partner and I, lives revolve around the plumes. In fact, I'd like to write a song one day, I, I have a musician too, <laughs> called Living Between the Plumes, because that's what we do. When the plume is in the air, I wear a wet mask. Here's my wet mask, because the air burns my sinuses and the taste is horrific, and I get symptoms, and then when the air, after that plume settles down or blows away, the air gets better and I can take my wet mask off, but both my business partner and I, and pretty much everybody, whether they smell it or not, show differences in behavior and symptoms. And I've been in public gatherings before where a plume will hit us really hard. And this is a group of people where very few people smell or taste it or nobody does. Or a family gathering where they, don't, they barely believe it's even happening despite you know my witnessing about it uh-huh. uh, or other people. And I will see that we'll get hit with a plume and everybody will stop talking. Their faces will droop. They'll start yawning. They'll start saying, yeah, I'm feeling really tired. Yeah, my, my elbow's starting to, that injury's starting to act up. Oh, I've got a headache. Some people get stomach aches. I've seen this for, you know, over a decade and a half now. I see this happen over and over and over again. Right. But because people don't smell it or taste it, they simply can't believe that their government is using their tax do- dollars against them to do this. Mm-hmm. but I smell and taste these plumes, I see the reactions, we have the tests, we have rainwater tests, soil tests, we have the, the changes in blood tests. Many people have gotten blood tests showing that their barium and aluminum is going up and nothing in their life has changed. Well, we know why. Mm-hmm. Mercury symptoms, uh, also the visual spotting, plus we have the whistleblowers, plus there are several scientists on our website who have come forth saying, look, the evidence is here, you know, uh, they've, t- they've tested the fallout, they 've tested snow they 've tested rain, and they can see these patterns of metals that correlate to spraying activity um,
1: it's it 's beyond scrutiny anymore
2: right and so
1: i it, totally and I totally agree as I was saying to you i like i 've had people flat out deny um even when they 're looking i 'm showing them above my head i 'm like, look at what they 're doing, like you can see them spraying like they 're going back and forth back and forth, these big plumes, and they just i don 't know why they 're not Uh, acknowledging it I don't know if it's fear if it's they just don't want to see it I don't know Um, but I keep making them aware of it and I keep making other people aware of it too I want people to be very aware of this I'm glad we're talking about this now when it comes to the um, the spraying there's a lot of theories on why they're spraying Uh, some say that they're doing it to control weather some say that they're doing it to spray on people and and what are your thoughts like I kind of lean towards that Actually, I bounce around, if I'm going to be honest, Russ, because all the research I do, I kind of lean one way and then I'm bouncing around because I can see them controlling the weather, obviously. You can even see on radar where there are are straight lines on the radar where you can just tell they're spraying. And so do you think they're spraying to control the weather and and that's what they're doing and not realizing the damage that they're doing by spraying these chemicals? They're destroying forests. I've seen the forest even that I live by definitely in the last 10 years it's dying like the tops of the trees are dying the leaves are doing some weird things like they're not falling off the trees in the fall like they normally do uh the once a lot of the trees the bark is burnt right off the sides of the trees there's no bark left and these are big trees that used to have bark and it's burnt right off and so i definitely know they're doing something what do you think what is there a reason for doing this like do you have any theories what is your research showed you well, two things um,
2: this is another reason why I probably am suited to talk about these things, and I actually caught on pretty quickly is because in the '80s, I began studying politics. I was very I wanted to know how the world worked, and I wanted to get involved and I actually got involved in a small political party in florida that 's where I grew up and um, and uh, it turned out that I ended up being surrounded by people who had their pictures of themselves with presidents. Uh, uh, At least one of them was ex-CIA, and they would tell us things. And I was like, I mean, talk about shocking my world view. I was like, uh, I heard, yeah, I heard things from these people, from these uh, mostly men, but a few women, but but these uh, these men who had pictures of themselves with, uh, you know, with Nixon and Ford and Reagan and, you know, they had poor, you know, pictures of themselves with these presidents and they they knew things and i was just like wow okay this is how the world works so here's what i've come up with long story short if i can make it short hopefully no problem Uh,
1: i'm enjoying this so much go (laughs) ahead russ well
2: first of all i do agree completely about the weather um it is very clear that they're doing it that part of the reason is weather control right and that and the reason is is that because I taste, I'll i start personally, I can, because I can taste and smell it, I can identify the different substances that they are spraying. And I don't mean I know exactly what's in them, but I can tell when they're different because they have different tastes. They affect my sinuses differently. They'll, some of them burn. Some of them don't. Some of them have a real metallic taste. Some of them have a chemical taste. Some of them smell like acetone or toluene. Um, They have different sets of symptoms. So I actually have gone so far as to write articles to identify every different type that I've encountered and what the attributes are, what symptoms they cause, when they tend to spray them. And the one type that is mostly associated, um, there's three types that are associated with with weather, but the the most predominant type is the one I call the barium type. And the reason I noticed this is I noticed that uh, over time I noticed that This particular metallic taste, it's a particular type of, um, it's kind of blunt and it's kind of sharp. It's kind of in the middle taste. And I don't know what barium tastes like because I've never tasted barium. (laughs) But I call it the barium type because barium is used in weather control and patents. So I just called it that thinking, that well, it might be barium. I don't know for sure. But this particular taste and this particular symptom set would always occur 12 hours, 6 hours or so before a storm was moving in. And, in fact, it's so reliable and has been for years that I'll be, I work at my desk most of the day. I do computer programming. Most of this is what I spend most of my time doing. And I will sit there and start tasting the barium type. This happens all the time. You know, it happens every week here in Maine. Uh-huh. And I'll start tasting it, and that tells me a front's coming in. So what I'll do is I'll hop on. I'll, I, I don't watch weather typically because I work from my home. I'll hop on, and sure enough, 6, 8, 12 hours out, there's a storm coming in. And when I start tasting that in the air, you can watch radar and you'll see big areas, huge areas of clouds, of not clouds, but precipitation right. uh, showing on radar that will literally vanish within 60 to 90 minutes. Yep. You'll have these big weather systems that move in. They usually move in from, to us, they move in from the west or the west-northwest. Mm-hmm. They come in, so, you know, over Canada. I'm in central Maine. So they move in. Uh, come over maybe the Moose Lake area or a little further south because Western Maine is pretty desolate. There's not, a lot, you know, cities, big cities out there. It's a very small town. But it'll come out over there. I'll start tasting the barium. You look at the radar in these huge areas of precipitation, literally to nine minutes will just vanish. Now, why is this significant? Uh, this is significant. I've seen, and I've seen this for years. The Ca- California had a drought for years. And everybody, uh, you know, it did a lot of damage to agriculture. Businesses went out of business. Mm -hmm. It did a lot of damage to people. And likewise, you can remember over the past several years, we've had floods in the Midwest. And people are like, oh, it's so unfortunate about the weather. It's so, you know, of course, the U.S., was experimenting with weather control between the 40s, 50s, and exactly. 60s. By the, by the late 50s, early 60s, they were admittedly steering hurricanes and turning precipitation yep. on and off. So there's, you know, th- I mean, this technology was already in existence, and then it just disappeared. But And that's a whole story in and of itself. Right. But you would watch off the coast of California, you could watch radar, and you would see them lay down plumes, dozens and dozens of plumes off the coast of California. And what are they doing when they do this? They're hypernucleating the air. And what does that mean? The way that rain forms is you have what are called condensation nuclei in the atmosphere, which are little tiny particles that moisture will gang up with, and as it joins together, becomes heavy enough to become a raindrop and then falls to the ground. And this happens millions of times, and you end up having a storm. You start having precipitation. So you have that condensation nuclei. Well, if you have too much condensation nuclei so that there's not enough water in proportion to make those little particulates heavy enough to fall, then the atmosphere will hold on to that rain rather than dumping it. So that's called hypernucleation. You're putting billions and billions of particles, condensation nuclei, into the air so that none of them can become heavy enough to fall to the ground. They were doing this off the coast, for years, and we were watching it. Groups of people were watching it, and so the the incoming storms would stop dropping their water. They wouldn't drop any precipitation on California. These 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 uh, these areas of the atmosphere would then move to the Midwest and then drop their rain in the Midwest and ruin people's houses, ruin people's lives, and cause massive flooding. And so, there's no real mystery that that's that that's the, the component of weather control. And if you understand what the globalists, what the agenda is on a global scale by these people who are running, this is st- some of the stuff I started learning when I got into politics, is that there is a globalist agenda is they want to destroy the United States. The United States is going to be demonized. In the United States, they want to destroy the economy. Um, they're, they're, that's Uh, That's why they did free trade. All of this stuff goes together, and when you understand the big picture, nothing surprises you. It makes complete sense what they're doing. It's horrible what they're doing, but at least you understand what their agenda is, and nothing surprises you. Right. that's the weather control part of it, that they hyper uh, hyper hypernucleate, and they can actually uh, control rainfall through hypernucleation. This is old technology, decades and decades old technology. This is nothing new. They used to use silver iodide. Then the newer patents where they were using uh, barium, uh, barium salts and things like that. So this particular chemtrail type is by far the dominant type they spray in front of storms, and when they spray it, I can see uh, radar change. I can see huge areas of precipitation clear up 60 to 90 minutes. It's amazing to see huge areas just,
0: oh, for just sure.
2: gone. for sure. The other reason, I believe, is depopulation. Now, I've known since the mid-'80s that there's a depopulation agenda. And that's part of the reason I believe that they're so adamant about getting mercury in everybody, because mercury destroys the the reproductive system. Uh, depending on how much you have, if you have a little bit, it'll do it a little bit. If you have it a little more, it'll do it a little more. Uh, it'll induce. Uh, it can it can go as far as uh, in, to induce uh, miscarriages and so on and so forth. But nevertheless, when you spray the population with mercury. With We know what are in the chemtrails because we can measure the fallout. It started before Rosalind Peterson, but we Uh have people with degrees. We have other people who are USDA scientists for 35 years. Uh, We have other uh, scientists, Lenny Time. We have uh, Dr. Marvin Herndon uh, and other ones who have actually come forward with this information and this evidence, trying to get it out to the people. You don't spray mercury on people to help them.
1: If you... well it's true <laughs>
2: right and, and as I said earlier in the interview mercury they the globalists love mercury they wrote the diagnosis of mercury out of the medical literature in the 1930s right and then they started using it in vaccines in fact they started before then but they realized they needed to get the diagnosis out of the hands of doctors so they did that um, these conspiracies that they perform are multi-generational they do this over long periods of time hmm um so uh, mercury is their favorite poison, and, and that's one of my things I say all the time. Uh, the glo- the global's favorite poison is mercury. They have a lot of favorite po- they have a lot of poisons they use, but mercury's been their favorite. It causes so many diseases. It's, it's so reactive. So s- releasing mercury and aluminum, which are two predominant things, mercury and aluminum together are extremely toxic. For now sure. aluminum has nothing to do with weather control. Mercury has no functional in weather control either. So why would you do it? Well, we know aluminum destroys plants' ability to take up minerals and therefore destroys the metabolism Uh of plants and and messes up agriculture and also eventually ends up in the food chain. And when you get aluminum in people, it causes all kinds of metabolic issues. And mercury, you get all kinds of diseases, hundreds of diseases and problems as well. So we're getting double whammied. We're getting mercury, we're getting aluminum exactly and they would use both mercury for years and years they use both mercury and aluminum in vaccines right wow well why is it that the pharmaceutical industry doesn't realize what the public has known and what science has known for decades is that here's here's what they know is that there was a test i'll give you one example test and this was uh, uh pop, popularized by dr david Aube, who actually talked about this a lot um they gave a certain amount of aluminum to a set of rats. They did animal testing and gave it, and they had half the rats die. They gave a certain amount of mercury to, this, to a set of rats, and half, the, the, half of the rats died. They gave a similar amount of mercury mixed with aluminum, you know, by volume, the same uh, type of dose. There was a 100% uh, fatality rate. They all died. Oh, my God. When you mix aluminum and mercury together the toxicity becomes at least 10, and in some studies shows 100 times the toxicity of either one alone in the same quantity. So we know this. This is science. This is good, solid science. And I love science. Science is a good thing. problem Mm -hmm. is today we have a lot of fake, false, and lying science because we have a lot of scientists that have been bribed. Exactly. Yeah. So why is it that the public knows this, science knows this, but yet they still put... For decades, they put both aluminum and mercury in vaccines. Well, should it surprise us then, and this is a long, long way of answering your question about what's That's the amazing. second. That's amazing. amazing. The, the second purpose for chemtrails is they have aluminum. We know that. They have mercury. This is all measurable. Why would you put the same two poisons that have a 10 to 100-fold increase in toxicity when mixed together? Mm-hmm into chemtrails when they have no purpose for weather control and you're releasing them into the atmosphere, knowing that those particulates are going to come down, people are going to breathe it, they're going to eat it, and they're going to drink it. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing they did with vaccines, but now they're doing it in the atmosphere because people were beginning to be very wise and realize that vaccines had very harmful substances. Yes. In yep. You know? So they had to resort to the atmosphere. They had to make it unavoidable by anybody in order to reduce population and so the reason i believe that this is also related to population reduction is because the there's a lot behind this i i'm again i'm talking forever here
1: no that's great it's great information russ i i don't mind at all and i i agree with you this is we're dealing with a, a cult of evil i i don't know what that's what i call it like i i when you bear it when you Boiled down what's going on in our world it's this is being run by a cult of evil a cult of evil people i i mean like it's just incredible like what they're doing to people and like you said with the chemtrails what they've been doing with vaccines what they're doing like it's incredible and that's the only way i can describe it i always say i call it the cult of uh, the cult of ultimate evil that's what i call it and that could be the people the elite the illuminati whatever you want to title them That are running this world, and I try to tell people, and I'm glad you kind of touched on it, is that this is something that they've been planning, in my opinion, for decades. This isn't something that they just came up with overnight. This is a plan that they've had in motion from for a long time. And I do have some people say, yeah, I know they did weather testing back in the war and stuff like that, and they were messing with weather and tornadoes and hurricanes and all this kind of stuff. But now. As you were saying, it's not the same because now they're putting in these chemicals that have nothing to do with weather, doesn't affect the weather at all. So the only logical explanation would be that they're attacking people with these chemicals. There's no other reason why they would even be in there. Well, plus the United Nations has a population
2: department. Yep. We know that Gavi, which is the bill, one of the Bill Gates uh, organizations, which Dr. David Ayoub exposed, um, uh, they have found that in the vaccines they were distributing, they had, uh, I think it's HPV, if I'm remembering right, it's the mm-hmm. anti-reproduction hormone yep. that, and uh, in, 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 in India, I believe it was, they were giving this, was it in Africa, I can't remember, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank here, but um, Dr. David Ayo, I have this lecture, it's one of my favorite lectures, 90-minute lecture, and I just am glued to the screen, I'm a nerd that way, I guess, but I mean, <laughs> Me I'm too. an information nerd, you know what I mean? But, I mean, he exposes how these women were running and hiding in the bushes. they were trying to mandate this vaccine, and they were like, "You know everybody's getting the vaccine is having a miscarriage wow. and, you know and and so they were and and uh anyway there's a, there's a whole bunch again it's a ninety minute lecture from dr. David. E. I hope everybody sees it I'm going to check it out for sure. For sure. Yeah. So when you look at the, the the beliefs of the people who run the UN Population Department, I don't recall his name right now. I'm I'm having an off day with my memory here. I'm mm-hmm. super tired. We've been sprayed really hard, so it's been a real tiresome day. It's been real bad here. Um, and, and this is what happens. I, I kind of, you know, you have inflammation and so on and so forth, and then I can't remember things as well, so apologize for that. But yeah, I mean if you read their books, these people are eugenicists. These people yep. believe in reducing the population Killing off the weaker people. Um, They want, uh, they believe that they have the right, they own the world, they have God complexes, they believe they have the right to do these things. Mm And I even, after years of learning about politics, I told you earlier that I got into politics and started learning in the early 80s. I really started getting into what are these people doing. Well, it wasn't five years later I said, I want to know what's in these people's heads because of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. These people are coming up as crazy. What is their justification? I started studying it, and you start learning about stuff that William Cooper talked about, the mystery schools, you know. Uh, you know, uh, what do they believe that makes them do these things that are so heinous, and and how could they possibly justify it in their own minds? And it's because, basically, they believe they've kind of put themselves, without getting into all that stuff, I could always do that in the future if you ever wanted to, but without without getting into that, because that's one of my favorite discussions, too, because when you get in these people's heads, you start to see what they're doing and why they're doing, and it helps a lot of people to understand that this stuff is really happening. Mm-hmm. These people really will lie to your face. You have people today that sit in front of the television screen. They will give you policy. They will act humble and nice and scientific, and they know full well they are lying to your face and they're killing you with remdesivir. Mm-hmm. If you know what I'm talking about, yep. they yep. are treating people with something that killed in the hospitals that killed 57 percent in a test. And, the, and Fauci even quoted the very study that showed that death rate, it was so bad they had to stop the study. He quoted that as showing the evidence for the safety, which is why it's mandated in the hospitals because of this man. Wow. And he sits on the television screen. It's amazing that he has not in prison... Uh, you know, it, it's not amazing because I know they they have the whole system stacked right now. Oh, for
1: sure, yeah. But
2: it, but people need to realize that all of these things that have been happening, all these horrible things in the hospitals, uh, the, the doctors were coming out and saying, "Oh, it's amazing how this virus is attacking people's uh, liver." It's like <laughs> it's the remdesivir. We know that this is what they do, and then they're blaming it on COVID to scare more people in the hospital so they can give.
3: Get- oh no
2: to go to the hospital, and they're profiting because the hospitals are getting huge kickbacks from every case. This is why locally I know a deputy who told me about his friend who is an EMT. A man was killed here in Maine. Oh, Oh. You're just freezing up here, Russ. Russ. I just saw a network... I just saw a network problem. Local friend of mine, deputy, right? His friend, uh, I'll just repeat the last little story. Okay, perfect. Uh, Yep. Yeah. His his, motorcycle accident, the guy was DOA. This is from a deputy in uh, EMT, through a deputy, friend of mine, right here in Maine. DOA, who shipped to the hospital, declared a COVID death. This is the kind of stuff that's going on. Firsthand. Firsthand. I know nurses, too, and they got stories. Anyway, I, that's all. Yeah, we're gonna.
1: Discussion. Yeah, yeah, we're <laughs> definitely gonna have to do a, a show on this if you'll oh. come back because I think that'd be great. And the thing that upsets me, Russ, the most about the whole chemtrail thing is like, well, it all upsets me, but they the fact that they're destroying our world is is what really gets me upset. Like, it's, like I think of the animals and stuff like that that are totally innocent in this. And uh, I know over the years because I love being outside during the summer that I've noticed a drastic. Um, Lack of insects late like when I was growing up, I mean there was bees everywhere, there was butterflies, dragonflies, and they were all around this house and I lived in this house for so many years, I know it very well, and I know what the animals and that used to be around and I know and there's it's just they 're not around anymore i mean there's I might see maybe two butterflies in a summer, which is crazy to me. I used to see them all the time, same with dragonflies honeybee i haven 't seen a honeybee, to be honest, Russ and years i see like the big big uh bumblebee type if you know what i mean like the greenish yellow ones they're really big yeah and but not honeybees i haven't seen anything and they must know that they're destroying our planet they have to know what they're doing
2: they do they absolutely know what they're doing in fact i'm looking right now i've got an article on one of our websites about uh, the mercury and chemtrails here's an article i just put up this is from uh, December 21, 2021, Bangor Daily News. Right, Maine's sparrows are being wiped out by mercury and climate change. Of course, they're going to throw climate change of in course. there because they want to scare everybody. Uh, that's a whole other discussion, a whole yep. other bunch of garbage. Uh, mercury in the fog. Here's another one from uh, uh, SF Gate. Mercury in the fog is poisoning Santa Cruz mountain Line Study he finds. Here's um, another one. Fog poison, mercury in Santa Cruz mountains, from the SF Chronicle. Here's treehugger.com reprinted an article. California's iconic fog is bringing super toxic mercury ashore. Here's an article from MNN.com. Alarming amount of toxic mercury now found in coastal fog. You found this. We, they, uh, bats. There's another article in here about bats. Mm-hmm. In Maine, we're getting fungal infections. And what does mercury and aluminum both do? They're immunosuppressive yep. in animals and humans. So you're suppressing the immune system. So then people and animals get what are called uh, uh, opportunistic infections, whether they're fungal, whether they're uh, uh, you know viral, bacterial. Uh, these are opportunistic infections. We've seen the same thing with uh, you mentioned about insect reduction. Yeah, I've drastic
1: where I live. Drastic where I lived. There's hardly any. Yeah, I've actually I
2: actually saw the bee die off when I was in before I left Jamestown. The first winter, I, in November uh, 2005, when they started spraying. Now, there were so many bees because Jamestown gets snow and rain that is from Lake Erie. It gets lake, what they call lake effect snow. Uh-huh. So Jamestown gets a ton of, you'll, you'll go to bed, wake up, the night and there'll be snow. You can't open your front door. I mean, that's the kind of snow <laughs> they get. Or the rain. It's almost like a rainforest area. It's beautiful, though. It's a beautiful area. Um, I saw the very next summer, every summer, I should say, before this, you couldn't walk out in the lawn with bare feet because you, there's so many bees. Exactly. It was. Yep. Yeah, you you just wouldn't want to do that because you're going to step on one. Yep. The next summer, and and you could hear the hum. This was yep. also. You'd go out and there's just this hum of bees. And I love that. You know that's Me good. Too. That's important. That's part of uh, nature doing its thing. You go outside after um, in 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 2026. You go outside. Don't there hardly any bees. The hum is gone. The bee die-off. I saw it happen. Uh And then a couple years later, they pulled back the amount of spraying because with all of the animal die-offs, I believe, was getting too apparent to the public. And it was scaring the public. And so they kind of, and I could tell by, uh, because I can smell and taste it, they actually pulled back some. After moving to Maine, I believe it was 2010, our house I live in was built in the early 1800s. It used to be the general store for this little town. Uh, It had a huge ladybug population here. I mean, seen,
1: another thing I haven't seen a lot of. Yeah. Wow. They
2: sprayed us over a period of three days so hard I could barely sleep. I could barely function. And that's what made me mad enough. I finally called the head of the Bureau of Air Quality in <laughs> Maine and talked to the head. They gave me the head because I was like... I was like wanting... I was nice. You know, I believe in being respectful. But I ended up talking to the head of Bureau Air Quality. I had a long conversation with him. His name was Jim uh, Brooks, I believe. Right. And then it was Melanie Noiz- Lois I actually talked to her following because she became the new head. I was so frustrated after that three days. That three days was so tough, so difficult on my system. And guess what it did? It killed the, ho- the entire colony. Wow. And, and I try to incredible. tell people this. This is the damage we're doing. And now... In the front light, you would see in front of our house, literally, there used to be a thousand bugs.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I mean, I live out in the middle of rural Maine, so you're going to get that, and that's fine. That's all right. Bugs are there for a reason. Yep. And I knew it was a thousand because I would take a little square and I'd count how many are square, and they'd say, how many squares are there? The density is about equal, so we're well over a thousand mm-hmm. in this particular wall right here. Now you go out there, you can probably count about, well, in the summertime, you can probably count 20 to
1: 50. That's that's incredible. That's a big change. Yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah. That's going to affect the entire food chain. And I and we have a USDA scientist that I interviewed a couple times, and also on the Global Skywatch website, I reposted an article. He was the 35-year veteran of the USDA. Um, so, uh, he is a scientist, a biologist, and he uh, he talks about this in great detail because he went out in California and he was looking at the bug consumption of fish. Mm-hmm. And these fish were starving practically. I mean, they were having a fraction of the consumption that they used to since the spraying started.
1: Well, that—that's this is so. This is uh, warfare, not just on humanity. This is uh, uh, chemtrail warfare on the whole web of life, is what's going on. This is not just affecting us alone. It's not affecting one thing. This is a a plan that is from the top down is affecting our whole way of life, our whole food chain. Our animals, and and as you were saying, it's affecting a lot of different animals. I remember you always hear in the news now about uh, like huge swaths of birds just dropping dead, falling out of the sky. I've seen many articles about that in all over the world where sparrows are. I remember one for robins, I remember one for a blackbird. There was just, they were just dropping dead out of the sky. And I'm like, okay, how are people not more aware? of what's going on I don't under I don't understand Russ I mean I don't I don't know how you wake people up I mean I'm trying my best I talk about it on the radio show I know you do I do it on YouTube I try to wake people up and I don't know what's going on but what like that's a great way to end this what do you think people can do to start bringing awareness to this and fighting back because I really want your opinion I don't know what to do except what I'm doing is just talking about it and trying to get it out to people how do we fight back against this I think the best strategy is to make it personal. People
2: have to understand how it's affecting their children, first of all, Good um, or people they love and care about. Because you know, people, people tend to be more sympathetic or, or more apathetic about their own problems than if somebody else gets beat up or hurt by somebody else. So when you start making them realize, why is childhood asthma? All of you out there who have a child or know a child who is suffering with asthma, Do you know that that aerosolized mercury causes asthma? Look it up. Studies will show this. Mm -hmm. Why is it at an all-time high? It's number three or number one, depending on what source you look at right now, in young children who do not smoke and otherwise should have no breathing. This is unheard of historically. This is brand new. Why? Because mercury causes this. And mer- the, the, the atmosphere is saturated, like these articles I read to you a few minutes ago. They're finding the, the atmosphere is saturated with mercury. Well, where is it coming from? Mm-hmm. I know exactly where it's coming from because I have the, when I taste and smell the fallout from the chemtrails, that's when I have the mercury symptoms. Right. And so I know where it's coming from. So what do you do? Make it personal. It is affecting the health of your children, it is affecting the health of your parents, it is affecting the health of your wife and your husband. Is affecting the health of people you love and care about and your friends. The diseases that we have today, if you start doing your research, and I don't expect everybody to do research, let the researchers, let doc, go look at Dr. Boyd Hayes, right. go look at David Ayoub, go look at the other doctors that we have on our website, or I'm sure you've got stuff on your, you know, listen to your show because you're waking people up. Um, but what people have to understand is 95% of these diseases do not have to be in existence. If it weren't for the horrible policies of the FDA, which are absolutely intentional, the FDA does nothing more than help the pharmaceutical company make profits Mm -hmm. and and occasionally find them pocket change uh, so that it makes it look like they're doing their job. That's what (laughs) the FDA is there for. And until people realize, this is make people realize, make it personal, make people realize your son or daughter, your wife, your husband, your Parents, whoever you love, are suffering completely needlessly simply because you have a government that has been stacked with globalists who want you dead. Mm -hmm. They want to depopulate. And if you don't believe it, read the books of the people who run the population department at the United Nations. Read Obama's book. Read the science czar's book from the Obama administration. Read so many of the people who are in very high positions in science, or politics in the United States and other countries. Those who have published books, they are open about the fact that they believe in even even Bill Gates, yep. who is going the the guy producing vaccines for you, is a
1: is a, a guy who tells you that there's too many people. Yep. And if you don't believe us, take a look at the Georgia Guidestones. They tell you you're right there and carved. It's the Georgia Guidestones tell you that they want the population dropped down to, I think, 500 million or something like that. It's a really low number compared to where we're, not, where we're at now. So, I mean, they're, yeah, they tell you right to your face. They're, they're not denying this. And I still can't believe that people don't see this. So that's great advice. Make it personal and start, you know, do anything you can, people, to, to wake people up, whether it's go on a podcast, do a radio show, uh, any way you can, whatever you're good at, artwork. There's always ways to get the message out there. So I love that advice. Make it personal. That's really good because that's what made it do it for me. I mean, like uh, when I started to realize that it's affecting me and all of the people I love in the world and it's in effect, it's killing the animals. It's killing, it's the damage they're doing. Russ is incredible. And I definitely um, want to, I'll wrap it up with this. You're always welcome to come back here, Russ. You, I'm, I'm for real. You are always welcome to come back and we can cover different subjects, cover more about chemtrails. Uh, it'd be great to have you back in the future because your information is so valuable and people need to hear it. And I'm glad that you're here. Is there Just to wrap up, can you, uh, I'm going to give you the floor. Let people know where they can find you, your website, all that information. Go ahead and let people know how they can get a hold of you, whatever you want to let people know.
2: Absolutely. Um, you can get a hold of me by going to either of two websites, Orbis Vitae or GlobalSkyWatch.com. So the easy one to spell is GlobalSkyWatch.com. Uh, just go to contact us, and you can find an email there that goes right to me. And I try to respond to most emails, although unfortunately I can't keep up these days. But I will do the best I can. Okay. The other website to learn about all these other subjects, Global Skywatch covers exclusively chemtrails, which I believe is the largest crime against humanity in the history of mankind. Nothing compares. Mm-hmm. Um, the other website that we have is called Orbis Vitae, which means Circle, circle of Life in Latin. Orbis is O-R-B-I-S, like orbit. Vitae is uh, V-I-T-A-E, it means life, uh, OrbisVitae.com, and if you want to educate about your, yourself about what's going on in the world, we have literally thousands of articles and videos on that site on every imaginable subject where you can get educated and educate your friends, and if you there is no reason, there is no lack of information, go to BitChute, you can do searches for this information.
1: All right, guys. I'm so sorry. I did. It. I just cut off like the last like 30 seconds where he's just letting people know about some of the other sites you can go to check uh, out the great information. Cast it. Put the link in there for Russ Tanner's site. So please check it out, guys. There's such incredible information there and very important information. Just remember that this in this video, I uh, this is an interview I call that you, the interview that YouTube did not want you guys to hear. And as I said at the beginning, and I said at the break, they yanked it before it even made it uh, for one for one premiere. So I'm so glad that I got to bring it to you guys this evening. I hope you enjoyed the interview. I thank you guys so much for being here every week. So just remember, the FEN Perspective is next, guys, so stick around. Another great uh, show coming your way, and I will see you guys next week. Thanks for being here, guys. Take care, and stay safe. Look after each other, guys.
0: radio every Wednesday 8 pm Eastern time on studio B for momentary Zen with host Zen Garcia at freedomslip.com the people Station. This is Thomas, aka a mad painter. I'd like you to join me Monday nights 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Open Canvas. Don't forget to bring an open mind. Yes, folks, that's right. Bring an open mind to an open canvas. Again, that is Monday nights 10 p.m. Eastern. You opposed government corruption. This is Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com. You don't need to expect us. We're already here.
3: I am Bill Johnson. Some consider my efforts to be an underground law school. I am not an attorney, and I do not give legal advice. I teach. That's lawful and legal. Consider yourself served. You are to appear Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern.